this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Welcome. We are back in the kitchen today here at Posher Recaps, preparing, prepping, as they say, for season two of The Bear. And a podcast much like a meal can is the team effort, cannot be done alone. And so joining me on the line today is Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? Yeah, I can't cook alone. I can't cook with a team <laughs> either, it turns out. That's not true. If Emily Fox were sitting next to me right now, she'd be like, you're lying. You make chicken thighs. I make chicken See? thighs. It's like basically all I'll do. Yeah, yeah. I can make a mean Hello. chicken thigh, though, Marissa. I really can. Chicken thighs are delicious. Like yeah. with a crispy skin. Yeah, yeah. If Carmi wants to put me at, at work at the at the bear, uh, now the bear, right? Was the yeah. beef? Now the bear. The beefy bear. Is that what we're the beefy on? bear? <laughs> we can go with that if that's what you want to go with for sure. I mean, they already wrote the show, but sure, we'll go with it. Yeah, <laughs> they wrote the show and. Well, would you look at that? They released the show. Season two is here, Marissa. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Can you like Bear Day? Happy Bear Day to you. Happy um, Bear Day to you. I, I've been waiting for season two since season one ended. And I'm so glad we have an opportunity to kind of like 
set the stage for what we're about to see. We both have not dive dove in to the season two pool yet. So no, um... no it's taunting me. It's looking at me though. <laughs> it's like, it's like that scene on the bridge at the beginning with the bear yeah. and they were like, kind of like slow pawing towards it. Like that's how I feel, but I have like a podcast to do first. So like, is the microphone the- the bear in the metaphor i don't know i think like the record button is like the unleashing <laughs> of the well we already hit that <laughs> so, so one one step closer but no thank you for having me on the podcast i know this is not the regularly scheduled programming uh you could yeah. throw every single podcaster in the posha recaps kit onto this episode and we would not amount to a single latanya starks but this i am honored i am honored to be here uh cooking on the line while latanya is going to be taking a little bit of a break here uh and i do believe that the great emily fox is going to be joining us on the bear podcast feed here soon just not today not on this one It'll be great to have Emily back on the pod. And we've got a whole lineup of podcasts for everyone here during season two of The Bear. Uh, Starting this week, we will be covering episodes one through five and six through 10 with some spoiler free podcasts for you. And then diving into episode by episode deep dive coverage starting in early July. I think we go all the way to the end of July into early August. So if you're into The Bear, we're in (laughs) We're in with it. Bear down for a a feast of a summer. Lots of bear podcasts coming your way. Yes. And you don't want to miss any of them. So we invite you to subscribe to our feed at postrecaps.com slash the hyphen bear or just search bear anywhere you're listening to this. And I'm sure you'll be able to find our feed there. We also do offer ad-free versions of our podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash recaps. Yes. Uh, tip your podcasters the way yeah. you should be tipping your waiters, your uh, uh, support the arts, food arts, podcast arts, all arts. Happy uh, media. Happy media and such. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, the bear being back is really happy media, Marissa. Yes. Uh, I feel like the the premiere of this show returning for season two, it really snuck up on me. Uh, if, uh, I mean, I was a little busy talking about uh, everything else and business uh, for <laughs> sports, business and cannibalism was my spring. Uh, and now it'll be a really hungry summer with with the bear. So I'm, first of all, uh, just very excited to be talking about this show with you at all right mm-hmm. now. But I am really grateful to all of the listeners who are like, okay, I do need a refresher on the bear and I need you all to help me out because I didn't get the chance to rewatch it. But it's literally the only reason I'm listening to you and not hitting play on season two of the bear right now. So could you please tell me what I need to know so I could go watch the bear? Like we see you people. That's why we're here. We're here to help you out. Yes. uh, A lot has happened on or a lot happened in season one of the bear and why don't we just like kind of recap who our main players are and yeah. where they ended up at the end of the season to make sure that everyone's ready to go for season two let's do that all right so the the story centers around carmy and he is food and wine's best chef at the best restaurant on the planet earth he's like, yeah. got a lot of accolades uh but we meet him and also not a lot of muscles carmy's, <laughs> carmy's like secretly the most jacked person on the planet i think He's, you know, he's a strong, young Gene Wilder. Every time I look at his face, I can't yeah. not see Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah. I see I see Bill Fickner, a great yeah. character actor who I feel like uh, I could see Jeremy Allen White being uh, like a, a John Bernthal, such great casting as Carmi's brother, but I could really imagine Bill Fickner uh, in that role as well. Yes. 
Uh, Carmi has inherited this restaurant called the Beef of Chicagoland, which is his family restaurant from his brother, Michael, who died by suicide four months before the show starts. So we like meet Carmi head on in grief. He is not knowing, not doing well, not knowing how to deal with everything that happened here. No. Yeah. And we come to find out that like he and his brother had been super, super tight for, you know, so much of their lives. But the last couple of years, like it had been a really fraught relationship to the point that there was basically no relationship. They stopped talking. Uh, Michael didn't let Carmi work at the beef. And so Carmi went and decided to basically like, all right, well, F you. I'll talk to you through my accolades and I'll become a superstar chef. And he does exactly that. Uh, And so he's like really in the thick of that when word comes down that his brother has passed away and rather than let the business fall into complete disrepair and basically get bought out, he decides to take a run at this thing. He does. And he also is realizing that like his wanting to fix the restaurant is him trying to fix like everything in his life. He's seeing it as a major project for his his entire life and and he has some ups and downs through season one he's having these like dreams of like fire starting and then he's like sleep cooking there's it's not it's not an easy road for carmy yeah i so i'll have to remember to ask emily because emily is going to recap at least the first half of the season with me uh of season two and so if i can remember to ask her on the podcast if she has ever sleep cooked before i'll be sure to do that she's definitely slept walked many (laughs) times many times it's not an isolated incident so it might just be a matter of time before the sleep cooking begins yeah and carmy's motivation here is basically just to get a good job for michael that's all he wanted to do that was his big driving force throughout his rise to food and wine's best chef and everything that's like motivating him now but the restaurant the beef really means a lot to him out like it means family to him so he's got this like i want to try to prove myself but also i want to keep my family's restaurant going yeah he's he's also nicknamed the bear which we only hear a couple times in season one but it is the name of the restaurant in season two so hopefully we'll get to learn a little bit more about why the like I know it has to do with his last name, but is there more to the bear? Yeah, I'm trying to think of um, some of the reasons why he would have earned the nickname the bear over the course of the years. And there are honestly lots of possibilities. Uh, do you have a top contender yeah he was a big lost fan and he kept being like <laughs> i'll be fine as long as they explain the bear i just need to understand the bear uh and mikey was the one who's like they explained it with the dharma initiative you don't have to think about it much harder than that like there's a science experiment that's the bears it's season two premiere we answered a central question for you get over it it's uh the bear lost crossover we didn't know we needed until yeah, right but I'm now here. i'm here <laughs> so you know what i'm gonna do thank you and i'm sure people actually like do you need it (laughs) (laughs) maybe i don't know (laughs) i don't know well carmy is uh, like trying to put everything in order over at the beef um we get a new chef into the mix like 
Carmi's walking into this environment, which Richie, who we'll talk about in a minute, is describes as a delicate ecosystem. You don't <laughs> want to mess with this. <laughs> yeah, that's a very kind way of describing what's <laughs> happening at the beef. It's like rooted in a routine that doesn't really make a lot of sense except for the people who work there. And in walks Sydney, who's a fresh-eyed chef coming um, after a failed uh, catering business, which we don't learn about until like middle of season one, but she really wants to work for Carmi. She thinks she can do big things here. She has a lot of plans in front of her. So she wants to learn from Carmi and thinks she can offer something to the beef. Yeah. Ayo Edabiri, who, who plays her, I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Um, an absolute revelation is Sydney. Um, Sydney yeah. is the best character on the bear. And I don't feel like this should be overly controversial to, to say that when she goes and she like interjects with like the local, like, uh, like, like the, like the tift that's happening outside. There's like yes! guns going off. There's people like pushing each other for turf. And she just goes out there. just like, Hey, hi, hello. Yes. I'm Sydney. Can we stop like hitting each other? And she just like goes and de-escalates an intense nuclear war. Uh, Sydney is a queen. I am such a fan of Sydney, and uh, I just rewatched the show with Emily the other day, and she stood out so much more even on the rewatch just from the jump knowing uh, her arc throughout season one. She's such a great character. Yeah. And there was also that one point when the restaurant lost power and she had to like figure out how to not cancel service because they obviously need money coming in. So she was like, Hey, are they still building across the street? Can we borrow some rebar and like put a fire together and still serve? Mm -hmm. She's like saving the bear all of the time. And so um, it's no surprise that towards the end of the season, like she's looking for something sort of in return here. She wants to be able to put her mark here. And when that doesn't happen, it causes a lot of frustration, which is well warranted. Yeah, well, so she she is really in this world. Like, she's really deep culinarily, and she knows who Carmi is. That's one of the first things yeah. she says. She's like, I know who you are. And I'm kind of just wondering, like, what are you doing here? And I think Sydney sees in Carmi somebody who cares deeply about this local place that he's obviously familiarly connected to, that she talks about how she used to come here, like, every Sunday or something like that with her family, too. So, like, the restaurant means a lot to her as well. Uh, and I think she sees in Carmi and in this opportunity, like this opportunity to like build this thing that locally matters a lot uh, to the people and matters a lot to them uh, in a way that can do right by what they have learned and what they have honed with their crafts as well. The thing about that, though, is she needs to be treated not only as an equal, but also not be treated like an asshole, which is what Carmi yeah. can do. Yeah, a lot of the dynamic between Carmi and Sydney is um, this conversation around like the old way of doing things versus like uh, the way that we can do things. Yeah. And um, we even see, you know, Carmi have a dream about how he was treated at the best restaurant in the world, which was not great. He has like um, a vision of all of these tickets coming in with like every single insult he was ever <laughs> given. Yeah. Um, and Sydney's challenging him to say like, hey, we can change the culture here. This, this, it doesn't, we can still make great food. We can still be successful. We can still mean something this, to this community without fostering this toxic environment that is known, unfortunately, throughout the restaurant restaurant world yeah yeah so i feel like that is uh that's a that's a really interesting angle into the show for me uh is sort of like we can do better than 
we have been treated like the, the very iconic i feel like joel McHale cameo mm-hmm, at yeah. the start of i think is that episode two of yes. season one where he shows up and just like gordon ramsay's carmy to death almost uh like the things that he says are just so so horrific and the types of things that uh you read about if you don't experience them yourself uh and i think that there is a lot of tension in the way that carmy can treat sydney especially in that penultimate episode of season one in review where he goes and is so horrific to her that she quits on the spot uh that that seems to be like a a full acknowledgement on his part like that that was atrocious that was trash that can never happen again and by the end of season one sid and carmy are kind of like on the same page it feels like but i don't know marissa how long that line is going to hold when you have a whole second season worth of drama to to come yeah. our way i hope that they can find that new way i'm a little concerned that that old way is going to come creeping back before too long well it's uh, going to be a test of do old habits really die hard yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially um because they both experienced this so there it'll be interesting to see if like the roles reverse and like carmy is trying to make it better but sydney's falling into some other places i'm just interested to see how that yeah. that goes especially because we do see that sydney is you know she does go behind carmy's back at one point and like serve a dish to a critic and that like is a big point in season one because it increases business at the restaurant at a time where they are not prepared to serve all of these people. Um, So I'm expecting there to still be something from Sydney where she still wants to be known in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I um, have not stopped thinking about the short ribs and risotto uh, that, that Sydney made that put the, the, the beef on the map prematurely. Uh, I hope we get to see more of those in season two or that a recipe is released. I was going to say, do you think we'll get a cookbook? I mean, I should probably just ask Emily how she thinks that (laughs) that was made. She could probably reverse engineer it. Yeah. Crazy superpowers. Yeah. I just, the only request I would have is that the bear say Coke or pop or RC Cola, like Uh Cola breeze. It was, it was yeah. not a, a good fit, but we need some we need some more, you know, clarification on what exactly are we using here? But yes, I would love to eat it. Yeah. Pop braised kind of <laughs> sounds cool. I do think, actually. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, a, you know, a full experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so that's the dynamic between we've got the chef de cuisine of Carmi and the sous chef of Sydney. They do end this, the uh, season kind of in a partnership. Um, you, they know each other very well. They speak the same language, but we'll see, as you said, Josh, if that lasts. Yeah. Yeah. Also running around the kitchen is, I don't know about you, but he's my favorite character. The one and only Richie. Okay. So you and I are uh, not on totally different wavelengths <laughs> here. Uh, Eben Moss Bacharach, who uh, I think is a trip as, as Richie, who is like, I was talking to Emily about this the other night. So this character stresses Emily out a lot. Uh, and so, so when she and I get into talking about the episodes in the next podcast, I'm sure we will get into more of why. So I don't want to speak on her behalf. But a thing that I really appreciate about Richie, who was uh, Mikey's best friend uh, mm-hmm. and is basically the guy who runs the beef. 
but like in you know what way is sort of a, a very you know this is a guy who runs the beef by firing a gun up in the sky at in front of a bunch of hungry customers who just want to eat he doesn't like litter either he's very Hates litter yeah uh out on out on litter uh he is like he is this guy who is kind of like He's he's an asshole, Marissa. Yes. He is a he is yes. an asshole, and like he's sort of uh, an asshole who never had a chance to not become one. Is sort of the vibe with Richie, and is like an a hole who knows that he's an a hole who's who's like just smart enough to know that he's kind of a piece of shit, but can't do anything really about it. But we also see these really tender moments with yes. him. And so that's what makes him so appealing to me as an audience member is he's he's, I think, much more complex than people can give him credit for. Yes. We get like this one conversation. He has a father. We get this conversation with him and his his daughter when he went to the hardware store and didn't know what cock to buy, which was also a super great scene. Um, but he's in the car and talking to his daughter and trying to calm her down and just like really talking her through it i thought he did a good a good job with that and then later on in, when he's in jail he calls his i'm assuming the mother of his child and has like apologizes for everything that was going on with his dad we don't know what that is but we know that he cared yeah i think that like family first is a really big thing for him his people matter a ton to him uh he has this way about him that's just extreme and loud and vulgar he does that sort of classic thing like look uh, no disrespect i respect everybody from all walks of life but let me just dump a whole buttload of insults on at least one very specific walk of life you know what i mean like he is uh he's very like mousy in in that way uh, and so I feel like there are there are so many times where uh, if it's not his whole foot in his mouth, then he at least gets a knife in a butt cheek, you know, <laughs> with 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 Richie. So like this is a guy who is constantly backing himself up into knife tips. Yeah. Uh, and I think like the business, when we find it at the start of the show, is very much in that exact same position of like it's got a knife halfway through its left butt cheek. How are we going to get this thing out of it? How are we going to escape this situation with both cheeks intact? Uh, I think in many ways, Richie is a very apt metaphor for uh, for the business. But he and Carmi are not always on the same page. And even worse, I think, is his relationship with Sid is so, so harsh sometimes. Yeah, well, Richie, Richie's dealing with the grief of losing Michael the whole time, all the way up until... I mean, even through the last episode of season one. Um, and this, I think, really colors the, the relationships that he has with everyone. You know, I think he feels some sort of debt to Carmi in terms of, you know, he's Michael's little brother. But also, um, Richie was there the whole time and Carmi wasn't. So there's like, right, some yeah. sort of resentment here. And then Sydney walking in with all of her new plants. She's got like a binder of plans and ideas. But Richie went to DeVry and he knows business. Yes. And he and and he had successfully in quotation marks but to the best of his ability run the beef and got it through covid and did all of these things and so he feels like he also has some credibility in the conversation but he's not he doesn't know what sydney and carmy know he knows other things and in a neighborhood way there are resources that richie can get to that sydney and carmy can't so how do they all work together Right. I think it's a fair question. I, I really liked um, in the very first episode of the whole show, Richie coming at uh, Carmi with like a little bit of rightful fire of like, 
I'm hearing from my contacts that you're doing this, you're ordering this, you're telling them we don't need that. Like you're throwing my people who keep this business afloat for a loop. Uh, and I think in just in that scene alone, Richie does a lot of work and kind of like vouching for his continued seat at the table. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I think like he, what, what, um, what Carmi and Sid possess in terms of like culinary genius. I don't know that like, Richie is a social genius necessarily. And he's certainly not, uh, you know, the handiest of guys. <laughs> like you could certainly call him uh, a lot of things, but I don't, don't think that you could call him uh, like the handyman of the place. It's considering the, the Bob Vila or Norm Abrams. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, not even has, Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> he can't like find the right caulk to use. Like there's definitely a joke to be had there about Richie, right? now i feel like uh it's not coming to me right now um but i i do think that there is um there is a utility to him and there is like an earnest love that he has towards carmy at the very 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 least uh so um i'm excited to see what he looks like in in season two his final line uh at least that like we really hear in season one of like uh like sid get some gloves come in here yeah. like it, it's like a very family oriented thing it's a very toxic family and a very toxic way that he has about him but i think it's a it's a it's an energy that this show uh which vibrates on so much anxious energy really 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 needs so where that can grow where that can go in season two we should probably just be grateful or at least Richie should be grateful for the fact that he's not spending season two in jail or yeah. at least based on how season one ended, <laughs> he's not st spending season two in jail. Yeah. I mean, I think when Sydney comes back after, um, and I, it's unclear at, in the last episode, if she's there to collect her last check, like she walks in there thinking she's collecting her last check or if she's there to join back in, but Richie kind of just like in his response, wipes the slate clean, like, Sydney was the person that stamped him in the butt. <laughs> and and yeah. so he he's in in the way that he responded to her is kind of just telling her, like, we're good. It's okay. Get back in here. Have have take partake in the riches that we are finding in these tomato in the riches. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, one thing I do anticipate for season two between Richie and the team of Carmi and Sydney is the fact that Richie is a very neighborhood guy, has a lot of local contacts. And if Sydney and Carmi are looking to build upon that, to have like I know that they also value the neighborhood, but if they're going to build a restaurant that's like on the Michelin star level or going towards that route, will Richie go along with them? Will he feel like, will will he build upon his skills to become more than the neighborhood yeah. guy? Will he know some state people, some interstate people? Will he get on, get on the scene? Where will yeah. he go? I think about the world in which like, grub street is writing up the bear i'm right? thinking about the world in which there's a food and wine profile and then i'm thinking about richie being right. interviewed for such a thing and that's a little hard for me to square and i do wonder if some sort of richie driven pr nightmare might be coming in season two yeah, and we saw a little glimpse of that in that one episode when he was on a date and the story that he could tell was a very like Richie's story about him and Michael going out at six o'clock in the morning and going to a bar and meeting all the Blackhawks and Bill yeah. Murray and all of the stuff. But that isn't necessarily. Wait, you don't want to hear the Bill Murray voicemail? <laughs> I totally do. I wish you they sure? gave us a phone number to uh -huh. like call. That would have been yeah. great. But um, 
you know, it's a different type of story. So yeah, I, I, I'm a little on PR watch with him. Yeah, me too. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Let's talk about the rest of the crew here at the Beefy Bear. Uh, there's a lot of great characters. One of the things I love about the show is the fact that they had such a well-rounded cast. Like it was, we did talk about like the three main players, but the whole kitchen is full of interesting and creative characters. Uh, do you have a favorite that you want to start talking about, Josh? Yeah, I, I do like Marcus a lot. Uh, so Marcus is, is the baker uh, and like sort of starting to become this uh, this pastry chef as well, who spends basically all of the bear season one perfecting this donut recipe uh mm-hmm. that apparently marissa is so good that even when it's been angrily thrown onto a dirty <laughs> kitchen floor is still fire uh hey sweeps keeps it clean he keeps yeah, it clean i suppose that's true he does <laughs> uh but marcus just seems very pure uh just somebody who like wants to get it right uh and has a thing that he is working really really hard to get right and i think um represents some of that uh he, he represents a lot of that hustle that exists in in this world. Uh, there's the scene between him and I forget which character is the one who's like, listen, I've been where you've been. And like, if you need to like 
crash at my place if you don't have a home right now and mark is like i'm not homeless i have a place i'm just staying here because i'm I'm so close to getting the donuts ready yeah. it's like that boundary between like wanting to nail your job because you care so much about your job and also like the unhealthy attachments we have to work uh and how like everything goes in the face of work um and even with that though there's like there are lines so when um we get to review that se- that seventh episode of, mm-hmm. of season one and like they're just like getting annihilated with all the online pre-orders um marcus will only take so much insult before he's like no i don't get talked to that way um so there's just a, a well-roundedness to marcus as a character that He's already mastered the art of the donut, and I just cannot wait to see what he does with the brownie in season two. Yeah. Ooh, the brownie. I love yeah. the brownie. Hot fudge, hot fudge brownie sundae. Come right <laughs> One thing I appreciate about Marcus was also the conversation he had with Carmi um, after he had like blown the fuse with the um, mixer because he was behind on cakes and he was doing the donut um, so much. Like he was practicing the donut so much that he was behind and he rushed things, and then basically everything went up in the air and he's out there feeling bad about himself. And Carmi comes out there and he's like, I used to like work at McDonald's. Everything was like so systematized and so yeah. um, robotic in a way. But Marcus has been exposed to this new world of creativity by finding like the book that Carmi had published <laughs> with a lot of recipes in it and is just really curious and really wants to learn his answer to every question is like do you know how to do this no but i can learn yeah and i really really appreciate that about him and also the fact that both him and, and sydney do hold carmy to account like they hold him accountable for his actions and but there's also love between those characters it's like a brotherly love that i love to see yeah yeah i agree I would also just want to point out that Chester is involved in Marcus's life. And I know there was some conversation in the press around whether Chester is just Marcus's roommate or is more than a roommate. Um, But I do know he is an interior designer and I do know they are making a restaurant. So I don't know if we'll get some more Chester in season two. Well, as long as it's not the Chester who I am ops with in the podcast (laughs) community, then I'm happy about it. No, Chester can talk about the bear too. That's totally fine. Uh, I think my other favorite's Tina. Um, Tina's great. I love I love Tina. I think Tina's journey through season one of being so she's like been at the be- at the at the beef forever. Uh, she cares so much about this place. She loved Mikey, um, but you know, and she had like you know she clung to the old way for a very long time. She clings to the old way for a very long time through a lot of season one. She's pretty ruthless to Sydney. Yeah, uh, like she's pretty awful to Sid. In fact, like she ruins her dishes. She's just like very gruff with her. And then Sid not only like shows her respect, but also shows her validation and then starts like show her the way a bit in the kitchen. And like uh, Tina's wearing like the apron by the end of season one, her whole aesthetic, her whole vibe feels very Sid. Um, she's very protective of of Sid, even I think by uh, the end of the season. So her journey towards becoming somebody that like aspires towards the dream of what Carmi and Sid have been building. Like there's that moment where she's like, uh, it's been different. It's been special. Mm -hmm. 
um, I think is a really cool character journey for her. And I, I really look forward to seeing how she fits into the evolving space of the of the beef turning into the bear. Yeah, her journey from Jeff to chef uh really was one to watch she did a really good job like holding grudges and also um forgiving people throughout the time and that that one moment when carmy looks at her and says you're just like sid and she's like yeah i am yeah. like there's a sense yeah. of pride there and when when um Sydney comes back she's so excited to see her and says chef you're here like it, it's really great to see she's that she's accepted um, Sydney by the end of the season, but I totally understand her journey from start to finish. And I love the conversation she had with Richie when Richie wanted to quit. And, and she's like, where would you, where would you go? Look at everything that's happening here. Yeah. It's a mess, but we're, we're doing something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, I love her. I think she's great. I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with her in season two. I also am interested to see what happens with Fack in <laughs> season two. Yeah, uh, Maddie Matheson, yeah, uh, who plays uh, Fack, who uh, he's been on a, a, you know, he's a a, a foodman in his uh, in his own right, IRL Canadian man, uh, Maddie Matheson, who's been on a ton of Vice shows, is where I recognize him the mm-hmm. most from. I feel like I said to Emily while we were watching season one the other night that the bear is like a uh, vice show if vice was like uh pumping out dramatic television very much uh, so. Yeah. like i feel like that's the aesthetic is the bear uh is like vice's answer to drama tv i know this is fx hulu uh, but it feels very vice to me, and it only feels that much more so because of freaking Fack, uh, who talks to arcade games. Oh my gosh, it's so great! Yeah, I love, it. I love that they put that in at the end of the season. It's like, do you ever get sad? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I hope and he saw they... a dragon. Remember, he saw a dragon. I, I hope that he. I hope that we get a little bit more like Fackovision, uh, where like we get to see the world through his eyes uh, and get to see like more arcade game characters come to life as a result, uh, let alone who knows what's going to happen if he sees a, a tiny yellow marker, what that <laughs> looks like to him in his perspective. Uh, so I don't know. A little fact goes a long way for me. So I don't know that I need too much more, but uh, we'll see where it goes. I think we're going to get at least a little bit more because he ends up on staff, I think, at the end of season one after his interview in quotation marks with Richie. Yeah, they hired him. Let's see if that works out. So we'll see if that works out. But he, you know, he he is a jack of all trades. He can fix toilets, arcade games, work on the line. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Anybody else in the kitchen? I know we've got Ibram, who is like, he's like the guy who's seen everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Him, Sweeps. Like, these are people who I hope to get to meet a little bit more in season two. Uh, And I think that that's one thing. You know, season two has a a slightly longer episode count. Uh, We were eight episodes for season one. We're 10 for season two. Uh, So I hope, Marissa, that that means that there's more room to meet the existing staff and just like to spend some more time developing their stories out. 
Yes. I also expect to get a little bit more into the family dynamics. We did get a lot of family dynamics in season one, but I, you know, Sugar was nowhere near uh, the restaurant. That's Carmi's sister. Yeah. She was really focused on her own grief, but also. Why do they call her Sugar now? That's a great question. Played by Abby Elliott. Is this like, were she and Carmi inseparable and they called her, called them Sugar Bear? Something I like that. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to, hopefully all yeah. of the nicknames will be explained. Yeah. Uh, but she looks to be at least in some of the promos more involved in yeah. the restaurant so that'll be what does that say about pete her husband oh my who, gosh pete. Uh, uh, pete on the bear wikipedia this is so savage is described as sugar's earnest husband generally disliked by everyone uh, <laughs> i love that one scene in the car where he like it's it was after the kid's birthday party at Jimmy's and he just says out loud while he's sleeping because he's been drugged with sleeping pills. Thank you for letting me be a part of this family. So funny. So <laughs> funny. So good. And it so speaks funny. to his earnestness. It's, I it's... also loved though when uh when the sleeping pills got in the ecto cooler yes. and Carmi says to Jimmy, like, please don't kill me, but like we've like put we've like, drugged everybody. And then Jimmy just looks out at the field of sleeping children and he's like <laughs> Are they dead? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm kind of into it. Good work, Carmi. Uh, I don't know why that destroyed me on this most recent rewatch, but I laughed so hard. That episode has a lot of hidden laughs, especially with relatable hot dog and like just shows up like is floating like in different places throughout that Mm -hmm. episode. But yeah, Jimmy also, I think, is still in consideration for season two. We do know that he had lent Michael 300K, which is what they end up finding in the tomatoes. So it didn't make it back to Jimmy. And I think the crew is still going to have to be working off some of that debt. Yeah, so Oliver Platt, who is uh, always a delight when he shows up in anything um, as, as Jimmy, so that money that we find at the there's always money in the banana stand. And it turns out that that extends to the tomato can as well. The smaller cans, though. Uh, yeah, because they those, taste better. They taste better. They taste like money. Uh, <laughs> they taste like stacks, fat stacks of rolled up plastic saran wrapped Benjamins. I was um, glad to see the saran wrap there. That's all I'm going to say. I was like, sanitary. Thinking, yeah. thinking. Well, yeah, I mean, imagine just like going to the store and dropping down like a wet wad of red dollars like that's not gonna fly marissa garza i don't think so uh so like you gotta surrender wrap your tomato money just for uh just you know it's not just a matter of hygiene uh it's just a practical uh matter but the money that they have in the in the spaghetti sauce the spaghetti the spaghetti sauce dollars that is strongly strongly implied if not outright like that's that is Jimmy's money that he lent to to Mikey, yes. right? Because I think we even see, um, you know, as they're closing out the season, there is a focus on one can that they didn't open, and it has the name of that electric company stamped yes. on it. Yeah, yeah, and that was a big question for Carmi in season one. He had seen all of this these payouts to this electric company, and nobody really knew where it was yeah. going. So, I think that's where it ended up. Yeah, and so that money. Yeah. Are they going to return that to Jimmy? Or are they going to oh, hang on no. to that money? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they already made plans to create yeah. the bear. So that Jimmy's not seeing that money for yeah, a so while. That, 
so that's going to be great. Uh, that's good. You know, you know what? I got to imagine that that's going to be a problem free solution oh, yeah. that they have come up with for themselves is we'll just use this $300,000 that we found in uh, tomato sauce, that marinara money. Uh, and we are not going to pay it back to its rightful owner who we know, who we are in such debt to that we are drugging children at birthday parties and mm -hmm. knocking people unconscious within inches of their life at bachelor parties. We're just going to hang on to that cash and everything's going to be fine. I feel like this is going to be an enormous problem. Oh, yeah. Jimmy didn't mean anything when he said, I should be here talking to you about breaking your legs instead of asking you for money back. So like I don't see are we are we is the bear gonna get mobbed up in season two is that coming i think it's mob adjacent already we yeah. have like the um confrontation that you had talked about that um sydney went to de-escalate there was yeah. like this turf situation happening so i yeah. just, um hope there's I hope there's more of that. And also in conjunction with the conversation around gentrification that was brought in through the restaurant review in season one, yep. like there are a lot of um, topics that are discussed in Chicago, just in general, that I hope that we see some more, some more of that um, in season two. Yeah. Uh, I think Emily and I will probably be lacking in that conversation as New Yorkers. We'll have well, the food stuff on lock, but I won't judge you. You and Eltia will, will bring <laughs> it with the Chai Town discourse once the two of you get together for sure. Yeah. It's a fun, it's, uh, you know, Chicago has been blessed with many a TV shows, all the fires, all the PDs, <laughs> but, yeah. um, uh -huh. and also ER back in the day, but this Some one, hope too, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was some hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, this one I think really gets a good, it's, it's a good vibe for yeah. the city and you really get a good flavor of what it's like to go to a restaurant here. Yeah. I wouldn't say live. I wouldn't say, but go to a restaurant, a neighborhood yeah. restaurant. Definitely. Well, Josh, is there anything else from season one that we think people need to know about before they jump in and hit play on season two? Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, like, it's officially we cross out the the beef. The bear shall return. Mm -hmm. uh, that will be the name of the restaurant. Um, having not watched any of it, I don't know how much time will have passed since the end of season one, whether it's a little or a lot will make a big difference, I think, mm -hmm. uh, very clearly because they've got a lot of work ahead of them. So I'm, I'm so I sort of don't want to yada yada pass the work. Uh, we'll, we'll see what that, what that ends up looking like. Carmi has been um, trying to take his grief over Mikey more seriously. He's been attending Al-Anon meetings. Uh, there's some compelling scenes there. Some Molly Ringwald action yeah. in season one. Uh, could be interesting to see if that's going to continue uh, moving forward. Uh, and yeah, I hope, um, I hope to get another John Bernthal sighting. Mm. Uh, I, even though Mikey is no longer with us, that did not stop Mikey from being on screen a couple of times. And the great John Bernthal, uh, I think a really, really memorable turn uh, in yeah. that, that episode that he opens up. And of course the final shot of season one as well. Uh, and then I look forward to, you know, seeing some of the newcomers, some of the new cast members that are going to be, headed our way i won't be the one to say the the name of the person who i know is a part of season two of the bear other than to say a big chicago personality and the star of a show that we have covered thoroughly on Ooh. kosher recaps that i'm uh, really intrigued to see how 
this person yes. is going to fit into the mix in season two. I also am intrigued by that person you are speaking about. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about that person <laughs> very soon, imminently. Yes. 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 Uh, I do just want to point out, if you have not watched season one, go ahead and watch it. But season two is also, from what we know, in terms of the reviews that have come out so far, um, it's still intense, but it it, it does Can you imagine have... if it was just like so docile? <laughs> it was just like the hibernating bear. We've turned it into a family sitcom. Sleepiest <laughs> show on TV. Yeah. Uh, but it, so it tends so to be a little stressful. bit joyer, like more joyous. The, little... the, the bear, I feel like at its most intense, makes Jack Bauer look like he's about to fall asleep. Uh, like real, it's. Though. It it can it can be really really intense. I kept uh, I kept feeling watching that first season of the show almost like I could be watching like uh, like a pirate show, you know, where it's like uh, like uh, like cannons away. Like it feels like they're on ships, like battling for their lives sometimes when what they're doing is making food. But yeah. really, when I say it like that, I think it's doing such a disservice to the amount of work that goes into this line of, uh, into this career. Yep. Uh, you know, the the amount of, of work and stress and pressure that gets poured into the service of keeping people fed and happy uh, can be such a hungry and unhappy line of work that, of course, it gets rendered so vigorously, so intensely, so viscerally uh, on on the bear. And I think that that was one of the reasons why I'm sure Emily will talk about this because she only felt it more um, now that she's deeper in her career since the last time she watched the show that like it's a really hard show for chefs to watch. I think I can it, imagine. It, could be too, it could be a little too real. Uh, seems like we'll get more of that in season two based on the reviews. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things are on along along those lines that the show does a really good job at is also highlighting just the pure ness of yeah. the motivations of the people who are working in this industry it is to make people happy like sid says i want to give people the best bacon in the world but that's already been taken <laughs> so, yeah by yeah, michael jordan's funny. restaurant so yeah. you know like she everybody just wants to take care of people but the challenge is, is taking care of themselves so yeah. i'm sure we'll get some of that in season two as well for sure for sure all right. Well, hopefully everyone is ready to go for season two. I know I am. I'll be pressing play quite shortly. Um, but and I hope you join us all for the rest of the coverage we have here on Posha Recaps. Yeah, me too. So I think the plan is that uh, both Marissa and I are going to be pressing play here very shortly. I'm going to be watching alongside my great partner in crime, the wonderful chef Emily Fox. We're going to come back uh, talking about the first half of season two of The Bear. So it'll be spoilers through around episode four or five, I think, at the at the most. Uh, then we'll see on the other side of that. I think there's going to be another batch of six through ten. Uh, then we'll probably just like need to get together once more to be like ah, ah, or whatever it is that we're just about to have witnessed and then i think uh you and lt are going to begin the process of drilling deeper into the bear on an episode by episode basis so yeah it's going to be a hot bear summer uh yeah. here on post show recaps i've just been saying that about a lot of different things recently it's uh okay it's good Press Mike the... Bloom and I, Mike Bloom and I are kicking off some coverage of The Witcher, uh, which is Ooh. also going to be a summer long event for Mike and I, and we called it uh, a hot Witcher summer as oh. well. So, uh, until we know what the definitive hot blank summer is, we're just throwing Ooh. stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Well, listeners, let us know what type of summer it is at the end of the summer. <laughs> 
Has it been a bear, a witch, or a witchy bear, or a beefy bear? (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. A beefy witch. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, Josh, thanks so much for joining me as we recapped or set everybody up for season two of The Bear. Is there anything you would like the people to know about you and where you'll be? I know you mentioned The Witcher, but anything else going on? I'd like you to know that I'm so hungry and that every time I think about The Bear, I just want to eat so much food. So I will be preparing a snack of some variety, uh, perhaps a toad in the hole. Emily and I are very into those right now. Uh, we'll uh, We'll be snacking up and then we'll be digging into the episodes and then we'll be watching and if you've got any takes for me or for uh, for chef emily along the way we are on the internet at round howard that's me at emlet is emily like an omelet but with an e instead of the o uh and if i'm talking about things otherwise it's here on post show recaps so make sure you're subscribed to the main feed to find literally everything or you could be a patron of Post Show Recaps at patreon.com slash recaps, and you can find out even more about what we've got going on. Sounds good. And as for myself, you can always see what I'm up to on Twitter at MarsBars, M-A-R-Z-P-R-S. I'm talking some crowded room here on Post Show Recaps, also kicking off Hijack sometime soon. So if you're into those things, you can find me here or on Twitter. And until next time, let it rip. Let it rip. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.